Hey, what's up? It's FT Live. Ron Kuzinski, Kratz, and we're counting down the final few days that we'll do this show live at 1 o'clock Eastern until opening day. Then we're back at 1 o'clock. But right to the public service announcement that we will begin this show Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. There it is. From the 26th of February until opening day. So a little over a month you'll have us at 11 o'clock. You know what? If you're enjoying this little public service announcement right now, I will also add this to the table. We might have a couple bonus shows around two particular days in March that involve real baseball. Just going to throw that out there. When the Padres play the Giants or the Dodgers? You're going to give it away? I I didn't even know what you were talking about. It's a Friday. You won't be there. (laughs) Is it a Friday? No, it's not, but it was very <laughs> apropos. Yeah, it fits. It fits. So there's that. And then also, again, Fans Fest, Saturday, 1130 Pacific time, 230 Eastern. There were fans asking what time they can tune in to the bonus episode of Foul Territory live out there. And there's your answer. Guest list on our show will include Trevor May and Coco Crisp, Grant Balfour, and then a few more guests to be named later. I'm excited about it. There's some of the good names that will be out there with us. Who are you most excited to hear from of some of those former A's? Grant Balfour I played with, so he's going to say something crazy. What's he like? Crazy. Is he? He Just what you saw him pitching was exactly how he was. Okay. I mean, good dude, but crazy. Is he going to throw down 20 beers there? He might. He might. And crush them against his skull? He might if you if you tell him if you ask him to he might. Okay. Coco Chris very chill. He's very laid back. I don't yeah. know how well Eric knows him, but he's very laid back. Trevor May will say some stuff. Yeah. Uh, ben Grieve, I don't think he talks very very much. I don't know if he's coming on. We'll see. <laughs> but he I was mean, on the he was on the well, promo. There's six or seven players on there. I don't think we're going to bring them all on. And if you're telling me one of you them can is bring them all on a little quiet, then challenge accepted. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's charge the damn mound, powered by Tiza, and go over. A signing that actually is occurring overseas. Hyunjin Ryu, one of the top pitchers left on the free agent market, is not going to be back in Major League Baseball. He is signing with the ex-Korean ball club that he was a part of, the Hanwha Eagles. Four years, a little under 13 million bucks. And that's it. Four years. That means he's going to finish his career out there. That was a plan for him all along, Kratz. I don't know if anyone anticipated it would be this early. And also, it was always going to be the Eagles. They still had control of his roster spot when he comes back, which is what's happening right now. He's going to be the highest paid player in the KBO when he first pitched for the Eagles from 06 to 2012 before moving over to the major leagues. And good work here by Jiho Yu, who also said um, when the deal would happen, he reported the money, the whole deal. So credit where credit is due. That's 17 billion Korean won. (laughs) So for me, I'm genuinely surprised that this is happening now. I didn't think we got any indications, but didn't Tanaka do this where he left kind of earlier than we thought he would leave? Masa only wanted to play for the Yankees. So if the Yankees weren't going to give him anything, maybe, maybe Ryu only wanted to play for certain teams and they weren't offering. I just have a tough time believing he couldn't get more than I mean that's like three million a year, so I don't know I, I am I'm confused by this, but 
clearly easily the best Korean pitcher ever. One of the best top two best Korean major league baseball players. Shin Chu Chu, clearly the clearly the the front runner there, but Ryu's had an incredible career with what he's done since since he came over. And I thought he was older than 36. It's crazy. I, I think the biggest thing is, man, he couldn't get $5 million from a team to stay in USA or in Major League Baseball. Sorry, you, USA in Canada. Maybe he could have, and he just wanted to leave. Maybe. I don't know. It's that's, just interesting because we kind of talked about him yesterday as one of the guys that's, you know, a lower tier, not lower, but like not the top five, ten free agents, and he can help a team win. And apparently he wanted to help the Eagles win. And he plus, who's going to argue? He got 17 billion won. I mean, who doesn't want 17 billion? <laughs> That's more than Otani. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he got way more than Otani. No. The thing, the, thing we, the thing we forget, too, like think about players who want to play at home. Like AJ signed with the Braves so he could have spring training at home. Andrew McCutcheon probably could get more than he's getting from the Pirates. He's staying at home. Being at home means a lot. For sure. Here's my thing. I'm going to give you an educated guess without talking to people about this. Ryu could have gotten more money than what he's getting in Korea to go back home. But maybe the offers weren't great or the conversations weren't great. And it was like, eh. What am I going to do? Take a few more million, stay here when I want to go back home, and maybe I wanted to go back home a year or two from now. But push comes to shove, screw it, right? That's where I'm thinking. Like maybe the money wasn't crazy, and so he's like, eh, "I'm going to leave." Doesn't that make more sense? I yeah. feel like there's a team out there that maybe yeah. would have given him, you know, two years, twenty. That makes sense. He's got a four-year deal. He can finish his career. He'll be forty when that ends. Finish yeah. his career over in Korea. He's the highest-paid player ever over there. I mean, that means something. He's a legend he's out there. there. He's a legend. He's from there. You know, it's always nice to go home. Um, listen, I'm never going to fault the guy for going back home. And if it took less money to do it, then fine. But I, I think I just I, it's just more surprising to me that he couldn't find a deal here. Just I mean, maybe, again, we don't know what he's asking for. I don't know what the offers are. But listen, he gets to go back home. And I guarantee you whatever he's probably gave up in the U.S. to go back over there, he's probably going to make up in endorsements from the from the Eagles and from the KBO. That's a good point. And you know who his agent is? Don't say Boris. Joe. Yeah. Is it Boris? Ryu's a Boris guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Does Boris get the money in the KBO too? That part I don't know. Some agents have Korean or Japanese or all over Asia agents that like represent so they know that market better. But I feel like Boris probably isn't going to Hanwha and saying we want 12 million. Somebody else busy right now. Yeah. I mean, he also has a massive team. It's not just a one man show. He has a gigantic team there. Yeah. But it's interesting. That's his agency. He leaves. So I wonder what was being thrown out there. My thing also is where are the teams at? Are most teams feeling good about their starting rotations right now? Because spring training starts and pitchers and catchers report, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good enough. Or, you know, this guy hasn't gotten his shot yet. Let's try him out. Or could 25 teams use a Ryu at the back end of their rotation right now? I mean, a lot of people threw the Orioles name out there, Kratz, because this is a team that's not going to swing at the top of the market unless the incoming owner 
gets involved and tells Angelos, hey, make this move. I'm good. I want this. But otherwise, a guy like Ryu seemed to make a lot of sense for a team like Baltimore, no? Baltimore, the Reds, the the Giants. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, I, I don't if, – if you have a number five that's solidified, I would like to know all, team, all 30 teams number five. This is a guy that's pitched – to a three, his career, three two seven. Last year, he had a three four. He had a three forty six ERA. Like this is, I'm, I'm perplexed by it. But again, when you talk about going home, that is, that's a huge piece of it here. In in my opinion, of what's going on. But teams should have been making offers. But maybe Boris out, you know, overpriced him in the market. Yeah, and he might have just made a call and said, "All right, I'm good." Yeah, awesome. uh, uh, it's just yeah, it's 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 surprising to me. I don't know. We, we've talked about it up and down. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what this market is. I don't know who this market is. I don't know where this market's going. But I know it's February 20th, and there's a lot of dudes that haven't signed. And good for Hunjinry. He found a nice job, highest paid player of all time, and he's going back home. Congratulations. Take him off the big board. There's the. Boris five on the left side. And then do we know for sure that Brandon Belt he, He's the one play? that I don't know if it wants to play, right? Well, it goes along the same lines of what we talked to Zach Britton about. What kind of offer is he getting? Is it worth leaving home again if it's not big bucks? He also had a big year. He had a really good year at the plate. He deserves to get mm-hmm. a nice one-year deal if there's a team that's interested. And then there's Clevenger, Fam, obviously, Deserves to be in a spot. We've talked about Tim Anderson at length. Michael Lorenzen's still on the market, too. Michael Lorenzen had a great year up until, in my mind, he ran out of steam a little bit towards the, the no end hitter. of the year. After the no-hitter, he kind of went down. He hadn't been a starter for a long-ass time. That's yep. normal where you're going to run out of steam towards the end of the season. So I think Michael Lorenzen can really help a ball club, too. Tommy Pham. No he doubt. can help a team. I mean, heck, tell, show me. You just mentioned teams with five starters. Show me a team that doesn't need a right-handed guy off the bench that's good in the clubhouse and can hit lefties. And great play discipline and power. Yeah. Like, still steals bases. AJ, what is what is the what would be the number for you? Because I played with a guy who was mm-hmm. making one and a half million back in like 15. And he's like, I don't know. Like, it's almost not even worth it for me to play. For me, that doesn't like I never even made 1.5 million in a season. What was that, you know, did you ever have that number? Because some of these guys, Brandon Belt's made over $100 million, I think. Yeah. Um, I never really had that number because I took less a couple of times and stayed with the White Sox. So, And then my and then 15, I, I, I signed for two with the Braves just to be home and uh, just to kind of like a, I want to play one more year, and then I did well, and then I was like, oh, and then I got a little raise the next year. But, again, it was to stay with the Braves in 16 my last year. Um I never had that, but Jermaine Dye did it. Jermaine Dye retired early, and he didn't have really any offers. And he said, if I don't get $10 million, I think, I don't know what the number was, 8 or 10 whatever it was, he never got it. I know the Blue Jays offered him like one year six, and he just took it to the house. And I was like, damn, dude, you can you can give up 6 or $8 million, whatever. I forget what the numbers were, but so I was like, damn, you can just give that up and go home? He's like, it ain't worth it. And I was like, well, more power to you, brother. Britain but, just did it I know, Britain, year. But here's my thing, like, in the opposite of kind of what uh, – Anthony Rendon said yesterday, like, I just, I mean, yes, family comes first. Yes, all faith was before that. All that stuff is before baseball. 
at the end of the day, I also loved playing baseball. So like if a team was out there and they were offering me $2 million to go play, I was like, as long as my family was okay with it, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm, I mean, I'm not spending $2 million in a year. I mean, after taxes, I get all that, but still I wasn't paying that much. I mean, I wasn't losing money. So guys are like, I'm lo- I lose money. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that's possible unless you're doing stupid shit with your money. There's yeah. some guys, very few. I know maybe two or three names that have like the full-time private chef on the road, maybe a therapist, you know, physical therapist, stuff like that. That's maybe not included in the contract, but there there's only a few. And the guys that I know that have that are making tens of millions of dollars a year. But for most vets, are they spending more than a million bucks in this? I don't know. You got you got to curb your you got to curb your spending because yes, I get it. You're turning down one and a half million or two million or in Jermaine Dye's case, six million. But if if it's really about the money, like oh man, I'm not going to be able to you know do the things I want to do. Like you better figure it out because you're done, and that's a zero, a big fat zero. Checks aren't coming in anymore. Unless you're a good investor. Yeah, but yeah. not at $6 million. No. See some of these smaller signings? Anything pop up for you here? So Robert Murray reported on David Peralta and the Cubs. This is the Cubs full throttle. No Bellinger. Full David throttle, Peralta's minor nice league player. contracts. Nice player. Dom I mean, Smith, Dom minor Smith, league nice player. contract. Yeah, but they don't move the needle for them. They're not what, – what, what did Jesse Rogers say yesterday? Lacks. They need left-handed – Pop, thunder, pop, whatever slug. power, whatever he slug. said, sock, slug, whatever the word was. He said lax. Yeah, they lax that. They're lax, the front office. Well, I mean, no offense, Dom Smith and, and, and David Peralta aren't your left-handed slug that you can take you to the World Series. They're nice pieces on a platoon situation possibly or, you know, not an every bench players. They're great. But to be the guy who, – who's going to hit fourth for the Chicago Cubs right now? Is it Morell? I like Morell a lot. I mean, he's yeah, he strikes out way too much for me. He also, let's not forget, he was in AAA last year too. So, I mean, and he came up and got hot, and that was kind of the big deal. So, I mean, is he going to hit fourth for him? I mean, they have Swanson, Horner. Neither one of them are huge power guys. John Gomes are catcher, not a power guy. Patrick Wisdom strikes out 200 times a year. Ian Happ. Ian Happ is a good on-base guy, but not a 30 30- Plus home run we guy. Talked about Seiya. Seiya, not. But he hasn't shown he can be a thirty-plus home run guy. Their lineup's nice. It's not no, no, great. No, it's it's a cute lineup. It's nice. It's a yeah. cute lineup. It's not it, like oh shit, we're running into the Cubs today. It's like let me check the weather, and then you might say that depending on how the wind. Yeah, but blowing. the other team has the other team's like oh it's blowing out. Oh yeah, it ain't yeah. just the Cubs that are doing that. No, this this roster right now is not as strong as it was last year when they missed the playoffs they are first half stroman and he was great mm-hmm. they are cody bellinger and they do have one of the top farm systems in baseball but most of those players aren't ready yet you know you might see a pitcher or two pop up for them most of the position players are a little bit younger i know pete crow armstrong full season of him what does that look like but still but is he going to be cody bellinger no. Oh, no i mean even if you get a full very season, different player i mean he's he's a defense contact guy speed guy right he's not mm-hmm. a He's not a 30 home run guy. He's a contact speed center fielder guy. But they're saying, all right, we got an outfield of P. Crow, Armstrong, Seah, Suzuki. And Ian Happ. And Ian Happ. That, those are your starters. Now the infield is Wisdom, Swanson, Horner, and who's at first? Dom Smith? 
No, Michael Bush, who they acquired. Michael Bush. And they did oh, actually yeah, give yeah. up a good prospect in Jackson Ferris to make that happen. No, I mean, Horner and Swanson, that's solid for your middle infield. And then your yeah. corners are Morrell and Bush. If Morrell can handle third base, he's had pretty massive defensive issues so far. I have a lot more faith in his bat picking up the pace than his glove from what I've seen so far. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Matt Chapman would fit well there. Too much, <laughs> too much strikeout for Morrell with, with not enough walk. He does so much damage, he should walk more. But he's almost like a like a Javi Baez chase rate type of type of hitter. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, it's, I mean, again, and when, when, when Tom Ricketts comes out yesterday and says, Ugh. we're, you know, oh, we haven't engaged with that. Well, when are we going to engage? I mean, you can, you know what I understand about this? And this is kind of what we touched on a little bit yesterday. If they want Cody Bellinger, if a team wants Cody Bellinger, a team wants Jordan Mike, pick up the phone and call and be like, hey, Scott, we want this player. What will it take to get it They've done? They've done that. And Scott's just asking for too much, do you think? Um, t- yes. So what Scott will say is Cody's season is comparable to player X, right? This is how the dance goes. And that player X that he mentions is a player that's on a contract of, you know, 200-something million dollars. And then the Cubs go, that's swell. As we said, we're interested, but we don't want to play in that ballpark. So we'll talk to you in three and a half months. <laughs> it, it- that's how it works. I'm I telling know, you, they don't exchange numbers. Scott doesn't exchange numbers. They don't exchange numbers. They just give ideas of what they're thinking. And if the ideas are in two different ballparks, then they just don't continue the conversation. That's what happens. They know they're interested. Of course, the Cubs want Cody Bellinger back, but they want him back at their price. I don't know what that price looks like for them, but they're not even starting those conversations because they're like, we need to get you out of the clouds in their mind, right? If I don't know what Scott's asking for, but if it's 200, if it's high 100s mm. and the Cubs are thinking mm. we're not paying more than, you know, 100-ish for a player like this over four years or something like that, then you don't have a conversation. No. That's what's happening right now. Does he make them a playoff team if they sign him? Like he, he kept – Jesse, Jesse kept saying uh, – I, I know the division, people are going to say, well, in that division, yeah, but people are – like Jesse kept saying, left-handed slug. Well, I don't know that he like adds a ton of left-handed slug. I get it. He's a 40 home run in his career guy, but will it ever get back to that with that shoulder the way it is? I mean, he had a good year last year. He was their best player. But, yeah. But they lost compared, their best player. Absolutely. But compared to the rest of the league, like is he a is he a top 50 player right now in the game? And if he's not from last season, yes, last, last season, season, yes, that's not what I asked. What you're going to get this year is he a top fifty guy? He had a top fifty season last year. Is he a top fifty guy? I, I mean, how do we know? Because that's the question. That's Boris is banking on the MVP and the year he had last year, and rookie mm-hmm. of the year. The, the teams are looking at him, going, "Well, the uh, the two years in between what was it 20, 21, 22? They weren't very good, and." Which Cody Bellinger are we going to get? And Cody Bellinger's argument is going to be, well, I figured it out. My shoulder's healthy after it was hurt for, from memory. He hurt it in the World Series, yep. high-fiving his teammate. So that he, that's going to be – that's why this is so interesting. But the other thing is, forget Cody Bellinger. You know who else would look really good in the Cubs uniform? Or <laughs> Montgomery. Of course. Where, where is he at? You know, Bellinger's getting all, a lot of the talk right now in Snell. 
No one's talking Bellinger. No, I haven't heard Matt Chapman's name mentioned from anybody. Have you? No. I haven't heard Matt Chapman or really Jordan Montgomery even mentioned in you know. I, and I look on all the on the Twitters and the Instagrams and the in the MLB trade rumors and all that stuff, and even all the guests we bring on. Nobody's even talking. To, I mean, I hope when Bob Nightingale shows up, he can give us something because nobody seems to know anything about these dudes. Can I give you a comp in terms of contract that I think Cody's camp has a hard time accepting less than? Anthony Rendon. <laughs> That's in another category. Nobody's making a right. comp there. You, have, you, you can't <laughs> dislike baseball enough, so no one can compare to his passion for not wanting to play. But Brandon Nimmo, eight years, $162 million. Thank you. Who would you rather have this year, Brandon Nimmo or Cody Bellinger? Brandon probably Nimmo. Cody Bellinger. Brandon Nimmo or Cody Bellinger? Well, there you go. I think You'd rather have Brandon Nimmo? Just because of consist- you know what you're getting. Higher floor, other dude, higher ceiling. Yeah. But here's my point. I think when you look at those two players, you got to make a case that Cody is in the same ballpark. No? Well, Boris is making a case he's, he's better. Right. Because gold That's gloves. What- but the Cubs might be playing in the 100 range. And then he's going, dude. Brandon Nimmo just got 8-162. That's, that's the game that gets played here. You throw a comp out. Scott will sit there and say, let me tell you why this player is world better than Nimmo's 8-162. And the Cubs are like, well, we're not playing in the high ones. I'm sorry. I, I mean, have six. Tom Rickett said they're not. The, the He essentially said the luxury tax number is a hard salary cap for him. Many owners are taking that stance now. There it is. You want to read it since I have bad eyes? Tom Ricketts on the current state of the Cubs. We're right there at the CBT levels. Interesting choice of words. It's kind of our, our natural place for us. That should be enough to win our division and be consistent every year, mm. per Jesse Rogers. I'm sorry. Did he misspeak? Did he mean win a championship or he's just into the division? Apparently, he just wants to win the division, which is cool. It's like a shade off of a 54% comment. Just saying. That is, he's got some good CBD levels though. CBD? Teaser <laughs> <laughs> uh, does not have CBD in it. it is all they natural. need Jordan Montgomery yeah. more than they need Cody Bellinger. Okay. Okay. I'm because okay with that. If they're playing in a division that is, quote, winnable and all this stuff, when you get to the playoffs, Cody Bellinger in that lineup makes less of an impact than Jordan Montgomery making two starts per series. Sold. Agreed. I mean, I'm not arguing that. I'm, I'm just saying, but again, nope. Have you heard Jordan Montgomery's name bannered about? Yeah, They're with the Rangers, for... and Chris Young essentially said, we're done. But, uh, but other than that, have you heard about – I mean, I haven't heard uh, hardly a peep about him. I, I can't wait for Bob to get on here because, again, There's... we hear Blake Snell and we hear Cody Bellinger, but J.D. Martinez a little bit, no Jordan Montgomery, and no freaking uh, – Matt Chapman at all. Jeez. In Boris's system, there's tears. He wants to get Blake Snell as much as he can possibly get, knowing he can push Jordan Montgomery's ceiling or his contract closer. If you get X amount for Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell isn't going to push Jordan Montgomery's salary. So in my opinion, that's why you don't hear anything about Chapman and and Monty. Mm. That's weird because for me, they're such different pitchers. 
such totally a different, different flavor yeah. of pitching profile. I'm like, Meh. but this is this is what we this remember this is what I asked this a couple days ago. If a team, let's use the Yankees, calls Boris and says, "Hey, we have five years, one fifty for either Snell or Montgomery. Who takes it? <laughs> what does Boris do? Does he call them both? And who does he call first? The Giants. Okay, we'll use fine, use <laughs> fine. But you know what I'm saying? I'm serious. Like, who do you call first? Because serious? same. Okay, if he's going to use Bellinger to get Chapman's value up, okay, let's say the Giants call him and say, "Hey." We have four years, a hundred for Chapman or Bellinger. Who group, does he call first? Group text. Who, and then who responds first? I'll take what if Chapman beats Belly to it. Group text. Okay. I don't know. I, I, Bob Nightingale is tight with Boris. We'll ask him. We will. But first off, use the discount code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 20% off your first order at TizaEnergy.com. Our people over at Tiza with tobacco-free nutrient pouches. So if you are a friend dips you need to check out teasenergy.com get off the tobacco get off the nicotine and let's get to our first guest of the day on ft live usa today's bob nightingale joining us right now I'm, bob great to see you. i'm gonna let aj start this off because he's already mentioned your name three times on the show he is excited <laughs> to ask you about the ultimate stare down that is going on right now so go ahead take it away bob when you talk to boris did you hear what we were just talking about when you were checking in? That like, let's say a team, let's say the Giants call him and say, "Hey, we got five years, one fifty. Montgomery or Snell? Who's taking it first? Who does Scott Boris call first? Does he call Snell or does he call Jordan Montgomery and say, "Hey, here's the option. They said they'll take either one of you. Who wants it? How, how does that work?" Well, he knows where these guys want to go. I mean, obviously, Montgomery's pitched out east. His wife's in Boston, going to uh, what medical school. And the uh, Snells are West Coast guys from Seattle. So I'm sure if it comes down to West Coast, say the Angels, Giants, something like that, he'll say, you know, give a, uh, the first first bid to uh, Blake Snell and anything else to Montgomery. Uh, it's interesting. A few GMs have joked and say, you know what, we'll give Scott $300 million. We want three of his guys. Scott, you divide up the money how you want, and we'll take the three. Wow. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, then, okay, let's get into the other two then. Bellinger, why hasn't he signed? There's one fit. It's the Cubs, right? Are they trying to bid against themselves? I mean, I guess the Giants, too, to some degree. And then Matt Chapman, we haven't heard hide nor hair about Matt Chapman in months. Where the heck's he going to go? I think these teams are playing it smart. A few of them say, you know what, we're not going to, uh, you know, all this hype and stuff about all these teams interested. We don't think anybody else is. Now, I think the Cubs have played this smart with Bellinger. I haven't heard another team that say, you know what, we really want this guy, except for the Cubs. I was at the Cubs uh, camp a couple of days. The players keep talking about Bellinger, the fans. Really, I'm not sure there's another place for him to go. It kind of reminds me years ago, remember the Boston Red Sox offered J.D. Martinez five years at 110, and uh, Scott Morris had said, we're not doing that. He wants 170, 160, whatever it was. Dave Dombrowski never budged. Sure enough, he signed for five years at, at 110. I did the same thing here with Billinger. The Cubs are making this offer and saying, you know, we're not going to bid against ourselves. Either take it or leave it. Bob, what do you take from the comments that were made by people like Farhan Zaidi, Ross Atkins, and Chris Young? To me, they all essentially said, we are done this offseason. Now, GMs are not the most forthcoming 
at times. So all of a sudden, at some point in the next couple of weeks, they could say, oh, well, an opportunity arose and we had to take it. But I just don't understand why a public stance has to be made like that, where they say they're done. I'll give the Yankees and Brian Cashman credit. He said, we're not putting our pencils down yet. But those teams essentially said, it's over. Let's play ball. And I think they're serious. I think that, you know, telling their fan base, hey, don't get excited. We're not going to sign these guys. Yeah, Matt Chapman falls in the Giants' lap, you know, at $100 million. I'm sure they'll say, okay, we'll do this. But I think, you know, teams like Toronto, Texas, aren't trying to get people's hopes up. I mean, Chris Young is pretty emphatic, saying, this is our team. We're worried about the TV money in the future. You know, Toronto, same way, same way with Ross Atkins. So I think these guys are just being honest and said, we're not after these guys. Where, uh, you know, a lot of people still think the Cubs will be the most aggressive and believe that they'll get Bellinger plus somebody else. You know, maybe they get Chapman, too. Obviously, uh, you know, Bob Melvin has said, you know, I'd love to have Chapman. I've had him before. Very popular, obviously, in the Bay Area. So, you know, but why be against themselves? You said the teams are really smart. Teams are really smart at saving their money or teams are really smart at putting the best team on the field to win? Because Tom Ricketts said we have enough to win. The, I think that should be enough to, to win the division. It's not what it's about. It's about winning a World Series. You know, I think what happened last year with the Arizona Diamondbacks, have all the owners now thinking, you know what? They barely squeezed in. They won 84 games. They got to the World Series. So I think they're, you're hearing that comment all the time from owners. Uh, I heard it you know, from Mark Antonacci this morning, the Brewers camp. Just get in. You don't know. So I think that's why we're hearing it. So save money and get in knowing that, you know, what happened last year with the, uh, you know, the Padres collapsing, you know, Mets and Yankees not making it. And then with Atlanta and Philadelphia going out early, it shows that, you know, you don't have to win 100 games. You can win 84 like the Diamondbacks and still uh, get a win. Bob, the luxury tax exists to curb spending with teams at the top. The problem I have is when you read about the Yankees being over the luxury tax number and how much money it would cost them to get another free agent like a Blake Snell, they're paying 110% extra. So it's, it's basically double and more on any contract they sign at this point forward. There's a good article about how, you know, if Snell say signed for 40 a year, even if it was for a year or two, they're paying 80 something million dollars on that Blake Snell contract. I get it to an extent. The problem I have, and I know it gets into the salary cap and floor situation, is that was made so that teams at the bottom can play catch-up. But what happens when half of those teams don't play ball at all this offseason, like the Marlins and the Guardians? Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, even the Angels. The Angels are about $40 million below the uh, the first luxury tax. So I think they're kind of weighing the weeds. They haven't talked to uh, Scott Morris in weeks. But kind of say, you know what, if one of these guys drop down to us, like a Snell or a Bellinger, you know, then we'll jump in. So, but yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have people at least push the threshold. You know, that's why, you know, the National League Central, American League Central, as flawed as they are, at least those are very competitive divisions. I mean, the NL Central, like outside perhaps Pittsburgh, you can make a case for all four of those teams who win the division, where, you know, NL West, it's nice to see that, you know, the Diamondbacks payroll is the highest it's ever been still below the luxury tax, knowing they're not going to catch the uh, Dodgers, but still have a better team than a year ago. Uh, besides the fact that the Diamondbacks have the best hat going right now in their spring training hat with that blue and the snake on the top, 
Which one of these guys signs first? Which one do you think, maybe you think, will sign first? Will it be Bellinger, Snell, Chapman, or Montgomery? Or J.D. Heck, we'll throw J.D. Martinez in there, too. Which one of the Boris guys? I'm going to go on the uh, – I'm going to go Chapman, probably. Uh, I just don't know how much there is out there for him. You know, one thing I think Scott's waiting for and has happened before is waiting for injuries. Spring training games start Thursday of the Dodge and Bond race. He needs some injuries. Some injuries happen. People panic and grab some people. That would be the best thing there, just waiting. Sure, but you don't want to wait too long. Obviously, these guys want to know where they're going to spend the, uh, the, the summer, set up spring training camps. And uh, unfortunately for these teams, it's not like they can market the players. You know, they've already sold their season tickets and stuff. It would have been nice to mark these players all winter long, like the Dodgers did when they had jumped early. Yeah, they 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 didn't jump. They they bungee jumped off the end of a gigantic bridge with you know the guys they signed. But that's what the Dodgers do. By the way, did you just say that Scott Boris is hoping guys get hurt? I I think I misheard you. But <laughs> nope, they did. They're all sitting at the offices. I mean, seriously, they have like voodoo dolls sitting there going, "Poke a leg, poke, not like, too bad, just bad enough." Down goes Jones. I that's mean, an ACL. That's, they're like, "Let's fucking no, go." That's awful. Well, I mean, even GMs. We know what you're saying. We get it, Bob. No, I know. I know. We get it. We totally understand. All right, so then, so those those are the big five that are kind of. But then we talked about this yesterday. Tommy Pham, right? Hunjin Rio obviously went back to Korea. You know, Michael Lorenzen. Some of these guys that aren't the top five free agents left. Tim Anderson. How, how are these guys not signed? They're not requesting two hundred million. Tommy Pham's not asking for two hundred million. Tim Anderson's not asking for two hundred million. So why haven't teams jumped on these guys yet? These guys probably should have signed earlier than they are. Now teams are saying we don't have the money and stuff. But I think Tim Anderson's contract offer for the Marlins is about two million dollars. Hey, he just you know, he was making uh, what fourteen fifteen with the White Sox. So uh, I'm sure he wants you know five closer to ten. I think you know, Tommy Pham made six and a half last year. He's looking for a raise. So I think these teams are just waiting for the price tag to come down and grab these guys at a steal. Uh, a lot of the age, a lot of agents say, "Hey, I want my guys signed out before Christmas because these teams still have money." A lot of these teams have already filled those spots up, spent their money. So now that you know, pretty soon some guys are going to start getting desperate here. What's the answer? Because the the deadline, we're never going to have a cap. Deadline's been floated out there. What if there's some kind of like system where the team doesn't has to pay you know ten percent less of the tax if you're above the CBT if you sign somebody before January tenth? Like, is is there an answer out there to this extended free agency? Probably not. I mean, I know some GMs and stuff say, how about a deadline? Like, if you don't sign by this period, you can't get more than a three-year contract, that sort of thing. I don't see that happening. But, yeah, fans are bored out of their mind. You know, we're in a, you know, NBA, uh, you know, NFL. You had that little deadline. You know, it's like a, uh, the Alex Cora said the other day. It was great after the lockout there in 2021 where everybody signed in two weeks. That was a frenzy. We're just such a drip thing. You know, it just kind of defeats the purpose of, uh, you know, the hot stove thing. Uh, it's been so, so, such a slow thing that even when these guys do sign, I think people start to yawn. So I agree, Bob, first off. I mean, once you get to spring training, I just think a lot of the lore goes away. And we have games starting this week, really, right? And everyone will be ramped up by the weekend with spring training games, even if you don't have the big bets playing in it. So I think a lot of that shine has been kind of taken away from this free agency time period. So 
My question to you is to double down on what AJ said. Were you surprised to see that Ryu is heading back home? Do you think any of it had to do with this conversation? Like he's weighing offers or an idea of what offers could look like, and they're not sexy enough for him to stay in the United States. Oh, I agree. It must not have been getting anything close to what he was hoping to get. And see, so, you know what? I'll go get my money back in uh, back home, and uh, you know I can get the free agent market a year from now. I think just said, hey, I want to play. I want to pitch. I don't want to be sitting out there until mid-March. I mean, remember, uh, what was it, Dallas Keuchel, that one year signed in uh, June after the draft. You know, nobody wants to go through that. You also wonder how particularly pitchers, how they can respond to up to camp late. I mean, start to get to a point now where you may not be ready by opening day. Okay, so is this the C word? Is this collusion? By the owner saying, oh, we don't have any money. Every team's like, we don't have any money. I find that impossible to believe. You tell me a Pittsburgh Pirates doesn't have any money to spend. A Tampa Bay Rays doesn't have any money. They got money. They just don't want to spend it, right? So is it collusion or is it the owners just basically getting together, which I guess is also collusion, basically saying, hey, F you, Scott. We're not doing it this year. You're going to have to figure out a new new strategy for your players. Yeah, I've not heard uh, any agent mention collusion at all. It's just that maybe owners are being smarter now. I think a lot of owners got burned. Uh, last winter's class wasn't, you know, great what happened. We all saw what happened to uh, Carlos Rodon. Hey, you know, hey, what happened here? You know, where's our money? You know, go back to Anthony Rodon for that matter and a lot of guys. So I think teams are saying, you know, we're not going to go into that marketplace anymore. We're going to be careful unless we get a, uh, a star player we count on. Uh, you know, a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks, I thought they got a steal when they got Doriel, you know, back for $42 million. But I think teams are saying, we're just not sure. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of uh, GMs and owners back east. They're not sure about Blake Snell. And they know he can uh, he pitch well in San Diego, pitch well in Tampa. How many guys can handle, you know, the competition or the, uh, all the pressure pitching back east? How big are the last two words in one of your tweets? For now, Mike Trout will be an angel. He wants to stay for now. How big is that? We're not even going to touch the next sentence right now, but the like, is this something that you think Mike might ask out if nothing changes in the next two or three years? Yes, the first time he's actually put an out in there and said for now. Uh, I think he's very curious to see what they'll do right now. They got plenty of money to spend. They haven't spent it. If they have another miserable year and he has a great year, I think they'll change it. I think right now it'd be hard for Mike Trout to say, I want out because he's been hurt a lot. I mean, people, uh, you know, New York always talk about, you know, what's going to John Carlos Stanton. He and Trout have played about the same amount of games. Uh, the Angels have been frustrated too that, you know, Trout hasn't been able to, you know, stay healthy just like Rendon. So I, I'm not sure Trout could say I'd like to be traded unless he has a healthy season. Because right now, you know, with the money he's making, you know, some of the Angels wouldn't get back nearly return as they would have you know, three, four years ago. The other half of that tweet had another person in the bottom of it, and it was Anthony Rendon, Bob. What, what did you think of what he said? I think it was – was it yesterday that he said those quotes where he's like – I mean, yes. listen, we all understand family comes first, face comes first, all that stuff. But then to be like, yeah, baseball's just my job and I'm just here. And after what he's kind of done the last few years, thoughts on that? Because I was like, 
man, if, you know, we all thought this, we've all kind of mumbled this under our breath, but at the same time, like, I also didn't have the track record of not playing for a couple of years. Well, that was a trouble. I remember standing right there when he said it and we just, you know, ah, he shouldn't be saying this. It's just awkward. You know what he meant? I mean, go, you know, around anybody, any, any line of work, you know, what's more important, your job or, or your family and, you know, faith. He's a very religious guy. Just a wrong guy to say it. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, this winter when he says the baseball season's too long. You know, it should not be 162 games. You know, as you guys know, you could interview 95, 98% of players in game that will agree with him. He's just the wrong guy to say it. And I think he's the wrong guy to say this as well. All right, one more uh, fan question here for you, Bob, before you jump. So there's a question about the learners choosing not to sell the Washington Nationals. What was your take on that situation? It seemed like maybe the Nats were slow playing their spending for a while because that's what teams will do when they're getting sold. The Orioles kind of just did that over the past several years. So does this you know, signify maybe a change for the Nats? Because I like what they're doing and what they're building, but I mean, their payroll also is way below what it used to be. Yeah, I think it just it signifies they weren't getting the money they thought they would. A lot of owners were actually upset. The Orioles only sold them for uh, $1.75 billion. They thought it should have been gone for at least two and a half, uh, you know, at least cleared over $2 billion. So I think they found out, you know what, people aren't going to give us what we want. We're going to take it back. You know, I think maybe the same thing happened with the Angels and Arnie Marino. You know, Marino says he had a change of uh, thought on that. But if someone gave him what he wanted, it probably would have been sold. I think the same thing with the learners. They just weren't getting the offers they thought they'd get. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get in there and buy a team, Bob. We can get it for cheap. <laughs> let's go. We'll, we'll put up your salary. We'll put up Kratz's salary. And I'll throw in a couple bucks, and we can get this team. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we'll, use that, we'll use that 2005 World Series share. Here we go. That thing's, that's long since gone, Bob. <laughs> that thing, that's going on 20 years now, brother. That thing has been – I got to I gotta house Scott every day. Trust me, that money's long uh, gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use the hair dryer every day. Yeah, jeez, my electric bill. Electric bill is off the charts right now. Well, Bob, we appreciate it as always. Great to see you, and uh, hopefully some of this gets done soon, and uh, we'll keep our eyes out on social. All right, sounds great. Take care, guys. And tell Thank your, you. And tell your, tell your you son too. hello, too, for me, please. We will. He's in your old camp. Your old Minnesota Twins camp. So you may see him. Oh, <laughs> you're going, aren't you? I, I think I'm going down there. I'll, I'll look for him. I'll find him. Yep. Okay. I'll Perfect. Find, I'll find that little rug rat running around. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Bob. Cheers. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. You, too. Bob Nightingale. You can read all of his work in USA Today, and you can also follow him at uh, B Nightingale. N-I-G-H-T-E-N-G-A-L-E. Let's jump to some more topics here. And next up, first off, can we do pro or no? And then we'll hit the uh, the other news that's coming in here. Let's do pro or no first, if that's okay. Thank you. No sit Nolan Shanowell. And I might be butchering the last name. I'm still working on it. I don't have to call games anymore, so I don't care. No, I do care. I want to say everyone's name correctly. But this story is fascinating. So the rookie for the Angels last year who came up super, super fast and was crushing it in the minor leagues, comes up, does pretty well in the bigs, still questions about his pop at first base, but generally looked pretty good, decided to stand up a couple times a week. Oh, okay. No, all day, all day, 
So we'd like all FT fans, if you're able to, to stand up right now and don't sit down until the clock strikes 12. And let me know if you feel stronger from that. I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't, Kratz, you get, I don't get what, how does this make you be able to play? I don't understand. You play for three hours basically, and you get to sit down when you're not on the field. It's not like you're standing on the field all day. I mean, Hey, maybe there's some guru out there that or he's from that knows something, but I don't understand how this helps you get ready to play baseball. I mean, you think you would better serve like taking swings and taking grounders and moving around on your feet and doing baseball moves and just standing there. Like I look nothing. I look forward to nothing more into this show than going and sitting on my couch. <laughs> yeah, but he can stand and do drills. It's just that he can't sit after that. So when he eats lunch, he gets up, eats breakfast, he's standing. No. You know those desks no, where you stand? stand? He would sit to eat. He would well, his... cheating. He cheated. I'm out. No, he would sit. He, meals he would sit for. He did not drive on those days. He would walk to the gym, and he came up with it all on his own. Mm. Even the strength coach, even the strength coach is like, his answer was like, yeah, you know, that's probably something that probably worked for him. But then afterwards, he was like, he was, he basically said, I, I really don't know. I've never seen any research on why he would do this. Why not just crush leg day? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Good this is going to Hopefully go one of two ways. If it works, everyone's going to be doing this. He's either going to have a great year and everyone's going to be standing weird in the offseason, or he's just going to do okay or. If for some reason he gets hurt, everyone's going to go, don't do that. Should have sat down. Should have taken some some miles off his legs. Hitting coach, one of the hitting coaches for the Angels, told me he is Mark Grace. He has a chance to be Mark Grace, wow. which is high, high praise. And in the article, it also talks about how he Sam Blum did a good job. He said He said he likes to do things that test his mental fortitude. So this was something that was something that really pushed him. So I, I get I I get it. My fun. It, it reminded me of when people get to spring training. They're like, "Oh man, like it's just really tough to be out there in cleats right now. It's tough to be out there in cleats." I was like, "You need some new cleats. You need some new balances and get out of those. Get out of those, whatever whatever AJ wore." Messed his feet up. Messed his lower back up that he can't sit in a chair now. Well, first of all, I didn't wear. I didn't sniff wearing a pair of cleats until spring training, and then I wore Not plastics. And my Nike plastics were awesome, so I never had no foot problems, no feet problems. All right, so don't ever go there with me. And plus, I never wore metal spikes, so because I was too fat for metal spikes, they sank too far into the earth. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I couldn't wait. Though no, I played when I played, right. I couldn't – the time when you're sitting in your chair in your locker, like before the game, is like, oh, it's peaceful time, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go play the game for three hours, you don't really sit a whole – like I didn't really sit a whole lot when I was playing. I was always kind of up, moving around in the dugout, like or on the on the rail. So I never really sat. So then the game's over, and you're just tired. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to sit in my chair again, right, or go home and sit on the couch. So, again, I don't – I mean, listen, it must be a mental thing for him, but I just don't know why – why this is a thing, but it's something it's <laughs> cool to talk about until games start and yeah. we'll see how it goes for him. And you know what? Hey, maybe if he goes well, Mike Trout might never sit down. <laughs> I have a baseball question for Anthony you guys. Anthony Rendon might never sit down. Mm. There's more important things in life for him. Hmm. So, <laughs> so if you do look at you know the baseball savant page for Nolan Chanwell, 
the one spot where he is severely lacking small sample size. It was a little over 100 at bats, but you know, barrel percentage, average exit velocity, all of those kind of numbers are, are well into the blue range, right? So some of those peripherals that front offices are freaking obsessed with. Do you think that has anything to do with this, where he wants to try and get more power from the legs? And if so, do you have any other suggestions? Like, what are the best ways to pick up power? Is it more of a mechanical thing? Did you see certain guys be like, damn, I need a little more pop in my game uh, post-steroid era and say, I'm going to crush leg day? Like, what, what can he do to improve that part of his game? I think leg, legs are important. Core is important. I think – I think. Um... You have to a lot of most guys. There's very few guys that can can gain power without sacrificing strikeouts and contact rate. Cody Bellinger, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to to hit more home runs, you have to give up something, and a lot of times that's contact because you have to guess maybe a little bit more. You definitely have to try and get the ball out more out front. So you're going to swing and miss at some bad pitches more often. So it just depends on what. I know the year I hit 27, I hit struck out more probably than I did my whole career. But I gave that up to try to hit for more power because I was thinking I'm just going to try and get the ball more out front and, and give up two strikes sometimes, you know, just trying to put a ball in play. I'm still going to try to get my A swing off, right? Mm-hmm. And that, if you're okay with that, that's fine. You know, there's drills you can do. There's a million things you can do with fungos and light, light to try to get more bat speed. But at the end of the day, in order to gain more power, you have to give up something. There's very few guys like – even like, you know, you're like, oh, Albert Poole. Now, Barry Bonds never struck out because, you know, he, he's an exception to the rule. But Sure. You know, the guys that lead the league, like Shohei strikes out a lot. Matt Olson strikes out a lot. But they also hit you 40 to 50 jacks every year, right? So you have to give up something. Shanwell's more of a uh, put the ball in play, use the whole field kind of guy. He didn't profile for huge power, 20 homers, which is nothing to sneeze at. But if he wants to hit 40, again, he's going to have to give that up sometimes. Like two outs, nobody on. Instead of being down 0-2 and like, I'm just going to fillet a single left, screw it, I'm going to stay in my A swing. I might swing at a bad pitch, but that's just the way – I mean, it's just the way baseball is. You can't have, there's very few guys that can do both. I mean, the guys who hit all the home runs strike out well over a hundred times every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way it is. Okay. Well, we'll see how the standing goes. Good luck to you, Nolan. We'll be tracking that. All right. So Aaron judge spoke today. Let's get <laughs> to that little line. It seems to be a theme going around. There is <laughs> players comfortable in their skin or locked into their own deals that can speak out and judge said on some of those top free agents still being available. The Yankees front office is always working quote. I definitely feel like there might be another move on the way, but you never know. I can totally picture him saying that too. That is exactly how judge talks. That's why that quote is accurate, but he's just hinting that the Yankees are still working on things. Just like Cashman said, pencil's not down yet. That all makes sense to me. The Yanks just feel like they're bidding against nobody. I, I believe that that other teams are not. Someone said that. Right. Feel like I don't know. I was sleeping and it just kind of came to me in a dream, but that makes sense. Totally. But again, the the the, the CBD tax is the one that's uh, killing them right now mm-hmm. because they don't want to pay if they say they go out and get snow for forty. It's really eighty. That's a lot. That's a lot for one dude. Now you know, th- interesting. You know what? I, I I keep seeing this and the Rays signed Ahmed Rosario, which is nice. But the Rays, why wouldn't the Rays do a pillow contract, parachute contract, whatever you want to call it? Go to some of these dudes and be like, they've tried it before with Freddie Freeman and some other guys. Hey, you don't have anything? Blake Snell's probably not going there after what happened, but 
Dude, Rays don't spend like that. But they just they, did a they, They've tried before in the past for short term. Yeah. If they went to him and said, hey, Cody Bellinger, we loved what you did with the Cubs last year. Here's one year, $35 million. Come do it in Tampa. No way. Uh, That's way too much. Okay. They won't spend like that. Okay. Ahmed Rosario, they just signed for one year, one and a half. There's but I'm just saying, contract. what if they did? That would be the team that would be that would change that could change their fortunes dude their payroll actually was higher than usual entering the offseason and they had to do some chopping i don't see that okay i i love the idea i mean it would be great for them they just don't operate like that it sucks it sucks sometimes when you're a race fan you're like come on can you give me something but their projected payroll entering the offseason was 125 ish which would have been 40 million over anything they've ever done and then of course they traded glass now and Margot, that kind of clears some money there. So I think they're in the range that they want to be now, which my guess is probably in the high, mid to high 90s, probably is where they're at at this point. But that's that's about where they play ball, you know? Mm-hmm. I love the idea. You think they're going to give $30 million to one player? They tried it before. Yeah. I mean, it, that's because it doesn't kill them for one year. They won't do the thing is a bad one year contract. They won't do the ten year three hundred, but they'll do one year thirty. Right. Because one get of these of guys, if one of these guys is worth, if one of these guys is valued by the Yankees as somebody who will push them over, give them that edge in the World Series, that forty million paying eighty million for forty million or sixty million for thirty million, will not matter to the Yankees. Because as many years go by without a Yankees World Series, that World Series becomes more and more valuable to them. Well, it's been a while. It's been a while. Next line from a notable name. Head of the PA, Tony Clark, spoke about the new uniforms, which some people think are perfect and some people think have serious flaws. Quote, anytime there's change, there's an adjustment period. In this instance, there appears to be some misses that could have otherwise not been misses. Tell it like it is. Okay. That's better. It's a good good response. Didn't Manfred said they'll get used to it? Well, there's an adjustment period. He also said it's just a piece of metal. Right. My, My concern, by the way, I'd like to keep emphasizing, is more for the fans than for the players, because the fans are heated about what the unis look like so apparently sites like ebay are popping off because everyone's looking to buy older jerseys yeah i got some you want to buy them maybe because i can resell them by the way this also from clark we're on the phone with the requisite parties that are involved in making that decision because we aren't we're trying to make sure our guys have what they need in the fashion that they need it and it's reflective of what being a major league ball player should be reflective of which i agree with that's what we've been saying like one of the biggest things about being a big league player was you got to Tailor uniform how you wanted it. It was cool. It was stitched. And you're like, damn, this is cool. Like, my name is stitched on the bag. It's not a patch across, right? Ironed on. It's it's like everything is fully stitched in. I mean, heck, I got a college jersey on right now. Is it stitched? This is all stitched, right? Yeah. This is stitched in. This is real. Have you it's seen not... some college facilities compared to? Oakland? Yes, I have. Oakland or, or the <laughs> Have Angel... you seen Mississippi State compared about to Oakland? the Angels spring training facility? True. Have you seen Oklahoma State? Oh, baby. I mean, those two are like, there's like Arkansas, there's Florida, like 20 colleges. LSU. There are some nasty, nasty colleges out there with facilities, Chris. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen all those tours and everything. I think I, and maybe I'm just surmising too much here, but I think 
Tony's talking about, I talked to one of the equipment managers that I used to have. They don't have their custom pants in yet. So guys are wearing last year's pants, and that's why some of the colors don't all match. Guys are wearing different, like, different than the problems that I think fans, who the prices went up, correct me if I'm wrong, 20 or $29, and now you're getting an ironed-on jersey when it's, quote, authentic, and it's not the it's not the patch sewed on. So I think there might be two two sides here. Because if you don't get your custom pants, that is Bush League. Yeah, but they call it fishering when you offer something lesser, but you charge more. Fishering. Is that a new one? Well done there. Well John done. John Fisher did I that know. to the A's. Remember? What did he double season ticket prices one of the years? On on a hundred loss season? That's wrong. I, that's my thing. If you're going to roll out a new product that clearly costs less to make, then don't jack up mm-hmm. the prices year one. That's just not smart. But I, I'm not, that's not my job. I don't know. That's just my take. We just say what we want every day for two hours. So let's slap hands. <laughs> I'm going to use that this weekend. Fishery. If anybody tries to pull you a fast one. might get a standing one. ovation. You might get a bobblehead. Get it into every conversation. I will. And a cool card, which I'm excited to bring. Oh, in. yeah. You also get a card. I saw that card. I saw that. That card. They are doing it right for you. Yeah, That's I like it. Saturday, bonus show. Check it out. We'll be at Oakland A's Fan Fest. And again, uh, yeah, there you go. Thanks to the 68s and last eye bar. It is going to be freaking packed there on Saturday. Outside and inside, there's separate sections and all kinds of activities going on. Big guests, 2.30 p.m., join us. We will be on there. Um, what is that? 11.30 local time? Did I do the math there? Yes. 12, 1, 2, yep. And there's some of the players involved that you'll see out there. FT at Fans Fest. And, again, 11 o'clock Eastern time starting next week. We just want to be very clear and Keep reminding everyone so that next week when people show up at one and they're like, what? The show's ending? Mm-hmm. Just backtrack. You'll be good. There you go. So before we get to Kratz hats, you, know, you have all the managers doing their speeches. Apparently, for example, Carlos Mendoza spoke for the Mets and they said he was great and he was kind of going on script and then he kind of said, screw it and, and went off script, which that's cool. Um, Murph spoke. Pat Murphy, manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm sure it was great. And they gave him a gift. Props to the Brewers for chipping in. What do you got here? That is cool. tremendous. I want a Brewer scooter. But he rides it too. Like He's the manager that doesn't just laugh when it happens. Then he's like, fuck it. I'm going to give it a little What's spin. What's in the cooler is what I want to know. Like what, what? Yogurts. Those, those ain't no... They don't know what kind of yogurts come in that kind of can, but they ain't no yogurts. Mm-mm. Did you guys see tremendous cooler flag and everything? Is that a pennant? Yeah. Does he have a pennant mm-hmm. on the back? Yeah. yeah, he's got his number on the wheels. I mean, they went all out for him. We'll talk to Ken later this week. Did you see his story? You probably didn't about Sal Freelich. <laughs> he's uh, moving. He's he's working on some infield. He worked with he worked with Petey for yeah. For a bit. Did you oh. see what his first encounter was like with? Pat Murphy, I think last year in spring training, where Freelich legit didn't know who Murph was. 
right? He didn't know he was the bench coach. And Murph comes up to him, I think, acting like he didn't know who he was, but he did. So he's like, who are you or whatever? He's like, are you one of our picks? He's like, yeah, I was I was one of their draft picks. You know, and he didn't want to say like, yeah, I'm fucking first round pick, dude. And then during the combo, he's like, who's your favorite player? And he's like, Pedro. He's like, oh, that guy sucks. <laughs> and I think he like said it like, oh, that guy sucks. And he like walks away. <laughs> Imagine not knowing this dude and then oh. you just walk away after that and he coached Pedroia in college too that's why yeah. he's, and then he Nerve. set up Pedroia to mm. mentor Freelick, who's from the boston area some suburb outside boston and was a Pedroia fan and you know they're both undersized players in the bigs you know the whole deal so it's yeah, a good but, article i just told you the whole article so you're good that's why i don't read ken's articles because murph and spring training me. murph and spring training would pull that as a and this is why it's fun to see that he's on the cart but in spring training the minor league guys would come over. AJ, you know, they sit all down at the end of the bench. You know, they're just like waiting for the fifth inning to get into the game to come and play with me because I would play in the fifth and sixth inning. But they wait down at the end of the bench and he would walk down to the end and he would he would go up to one of the guys and be like, hey, and the kids are so nervous. And they'd sit there and he, go, he goes, you're not good enough to play, but tell your buddy he's going in. And then the next time he would he would be like, "Hey, hey, uh, Mazeroski, you know Johnson, come here, come here, come here." And the kid would come over. He'd have his glove. He's like, helmet ready to go in. He's like, "Hey, tell Pierce he's gonna play in the game, okay? And you just stay on the bench because I don't think you're getting in. Council doesn't like you." Oh, he would just he would just have these kids in a just in a tailspin. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> I love it. All right, what do you got, Kratzatz? Well, I thought we were going to talk about A's relocation, and seems like Salt Lake is losing out, but so I had to give a little love to the Bees. Yeah, see, bees. I played for the Buzz. They were the Buzz then? <laughs> they got sued by Georgia Tech, and they had to change it to the oh, Bees. Because the guy who owned it was a guy named Joe Buzas, B-U-Z-A-S. So he called him the – we were the Salt Lake City Buzzards. We call them the Salt Lake City Buzzards, but we were the Buzz. That's so annoying that and you can't have the Georgia same Georgia Tech sued them because their booster club is called the Buzz because the Yellow Jackets, so they had to change it to the Bees. Wow. True story. I think you told well, that story, and I still like it. The, the race isn't over either for where they's will play. I know we didn't get to spend a ton of time on that, but we will, of course, this weekend too. But the, the classic A's, they'll just bring up a bunch of cities, kind of try to bid them against each other. You know, like maybe he went to Salt Lake and – they wanted more money out of them. So then he goes to Sacto. Like, it's it's classic. That was a day after going to Oakland and saying we had a great meeting about mm-hmm. that being the temporary home. I mean, do I even need to? What happens to the AAA team in Sacramento if the A's go there? They just kick them out? What happens to that team? No, they have to work around their schedule. So they play have to play on days when the A's aren't there? Yes. Yeah, but the, yeah, that will never work. The minor leagues, the whole minor league schedule is... All week, they play six-game series, and then they have off Monday. Six-game series, off Monday. Well, they're going to figure it out, okay? They will inconvenience some people to make it happen. Thank you, everyone, for watching as usual. Subscribe to the channel if you can. Fair Territory is out there for the world to see from yesterday. Ken's going to join us tomorrow. Nick Crawl, the president of baseball operations for the Cincinnati Reds, is also on the guest list for tomorrow's show. Tell your friends, and we'll see you then. And by the way, before you go, yeah. that's an awful way to do the minor league. <laughs> Place your first bet MGM sportsbook wager through the app of at least five bucks. Paps in. 
you'll receive $150 (laughs) instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Download the app, sign up and deposit at least five bucks into the new account, place a wager in the amount of at least five bucks at standard odds price, and then once you do that, you will receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Gambling problem or concern, call 1-800-GAMBLER.